The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 10th chapter. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So tomorrow, of course, is the 4th of July, a holiday we celebrate as Independence Day here in the United States because, of course, it's the anniversary of the ratification of the Declaration of Independence on the 4th of July, 1776, by the Second Continental Congress. Little history question for you all. Do you know how many people signed the Declaration of Independence? Anyone? Any guesses? <laughs> huh? 20? 13? That's very close. Uh, 56. 56 people signed it. So, um, can anyone remember any of the names of the people who signed it? Why are you laughing? <laughs> what was the one I heard? John Hancock, of course. Who else? Stephen Hopkinson. Okay, what? <laughs> If you look on the Declaration, there's a one shaky hand of a guy who's almost dead, and that was Stephen Hopkins. Okay, okay. Him, he signed it. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently. Who else? Jefferson. Jefferson. Franklin. Franklin, okay. 
Fair enough. So those are some of the names other than him that I was expecting to hear, um, which is maybe four or five or six, let's say, which leaves about 50 whose names we what? Don't remember. Here's a, this is a serious question. Does that mean that those other 50 people who signed the Declaration of Independence whose names we don't remember are unimportant? Good answer. No, it does not. They took a huge risk in signing that document, which concludes with those words, we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honors. And they pledged all those things, and they had the risk of being put to death by signing that document, whether we remember their names or not. Okay? Now, the founding of our country uh, got me thinking about the birth of another, I'm not going to call it an institution, but a body, namely the body of Christ. And of course, the, the seed for that body is Jesus himself, his life, his death, and his resurrection at Easter. Uh, but you may remember Easter, we don't talk about Easter as the birthday of the church, because even though today it's the high point, appropriately, of the church year, where we sing hallelujah and we have big crowns and we have brass and everything else, um, the first Easter, you will recall, was a confused and chaotic time for those disciples. They, they saw that the tomb was empty, but they didn't know quite what to make of it. They had some encounters with Jesus after his resurrection, it took them some time to absorb um, the enormity of what had happened. And so when we talk about the birthday of the church, we talk about an event that's 50 days after Easter or Passover called Pentecost. We still celebrate it to this day. It's actually indicated on your bulletins at the top of your bulletins, the covers. This is the fourth Sunday after Pentecost. Um, it's a major holiday for us. It's the first time that the disciples are out talking publicly about Jesus. And it's so important that we actually celebrate it graphically or visually here in our sanctuary. Sorry to our AV team. I didn't uh, warn you about this. I'm going to point now to the panel on the front uh, wall. Uh, the furthest left, it has 12 flames of fire. Why does it have 12 flames of fire? Because we remember Pentecost is the time when the Holy Spirit is given to the 12 disciples, right? And we remember most of the 12 disciples' names. But if you read about the event of Pentecost in the book of Acts, do you know how many believers it says were there? 120, okay? 120 believers. This is before they start spreading the news. So this is people who are already committed to Jesus. Not just those 12, but the 120. Which brings us to today's gospel, which opens... With, now, okay, try to stick with me here. I was just talking about Pentecost, which happens after Easter. Now we're going back to today's gospel reading, which happens long before Easter, whilst Jesus is still alive. And in today's gospel, Jesus sends, we are told... 70, he appoints 70 people to go out to the towns and villages that he himself will visit to spread his peace and to bring healing. And he sends them out in groups of two, which last time I checked is 35, hashtag math. So we don't know how many people were in each of those towns and villages. Let's say, I don't know, 
50, 100, a couple hundred, I, I'm not sure. But, you know, the people that these individuals, that these 70 appointed apostles would have reached is probably between 1,000 and 3,000 people, okay? So they go to the towns and villages, they share the peace of Jesus, maybe they heal some people. Not everyone is going to be receptive to that message. Some might have been, some may have been indifferent, some may have been resistant, okay? But there is a connection made now between these 70, okay, and these individuals in the towns. You with me? Kind of? Okay. Now fast forward again to Pentecost. Again, I'm thinking about the birth of the church. Pentecost, you need to know, was a pilgrimage festival for the Jewish people, as was Passover. So just as it had been happening at Passover, all these pilgrims come to Jerusalem at Pentecost, where... I don't know if you know this, but there was no internet back then. Were you aware of that? So many people had not yet heard news about Jesus and about his resurrection. So where do they hear it from? They hear it, among other things, from the 12 disciples and maybe particularly from Peter, who's giving the first Christian sermon ever. He is the John Hancock, who we all remember. But all those thousands of people who are pilgriming to, pilgrim, making a pilgrimage to Jerusalem are also hearing about it in the streets and alleys of Jerusalem from who? The 70 people that some of them at least met uh, when those 70 went out to the towns and villages. So for me, it starts to begin to make sense now. Uh, you call it, I don't know, the matrix of relationships which helps to birth the Christian church. Does that make sense to you? Now, does the fact that we don't remember the names of those 70 mean that their um, work was less important than the 12 whose names we do remember? Thank you. Correct answer. No. Just like the signers of the Declaration of Independence, those 70 people who were talking about Jesus being raised from the dead at that Pentecost were making a big sacrifice. They were putting themselves out there. They were putting themselves in danger. They were making an investment of their own lives to communicate something important, even if we don't remember them today. Now, the simple point I want to make for us here on this Sunday, this Independence Day weekend, is that God is still calling each of you to go out into your own towns and villages, to your own communities, and share God's peace with a world in need. And it seems to me there are probably a lot of reasons that we might be reluctant or resistant to do that. I will lift up just two. The first is we might say, well, I'm not sure I'm going to be very good at that. I don't know if I'm going to succeed at sharing God's peace, to which apparently the gospel reading for today says that's not the, the question. It doesn't matter. Jesus doesn't have those 70 take a test to figure out if they have the aptitude to do this, nor, by the way, does he say, and by the way, when you come back, here's the formula I'm going to use to judge whether you are successful. None of that. He simply says, go, share my peace. I'll take care of the rest, okay? 
So whether we are successful or not has nothing to do with whether or not we're called to go and share that peace. The second thing may make us reluctant is related to the first. We may think, well, you know, if I go out and do that, who's going to care? Who's going to notice? Who's going to remember my name? Who's going to remember that I ever brought a word of peace to the world? To which the answer may be, no one. And you know what? That puts you in really good company. The company of a whole lot of people whose names we don't remember today, but who happened to change the world. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Loving God, on this Independence Day weekend, we do give you thanks for all those who helped birth this country, some of whom's names we know and some of them we don't know. We thank you for their courage in bringing this new republic about. And we also give thanks for all of those who followed God's will to help make the church a reality. Again, some of whose names we know and some of whom are unknown to us. Thank you for their courage. Thank you for their faithfulness. And in this time and this place, help us to have the courage and the faith to go back out into the world and share your peace. In all this we pray in the holy name of Jesus. Amen.